Hello, it's me, Alice, popping in before this week's podcast to invite you to become a World Urban Parks member. Share knowledge, get inspired, and stay up to date with the world of parks by taking advantage of what the membership has to offer. From an expansive digital library and expert directory, to a preferential attendance fee for yearly international conferences. What are you waiting for? Sign up today by visiting worldurbanparks.org. Enjoy your episode. How can we transform cities to become more human, more compassionate? In today's episode of Pod Parks, we are joining a conversation on urban transformation through culture. That's right, we get to sit in, no pun intended, on a keynote speech from the World Urban Park Congress 2022 by Anupam Yog, founder of The Big Sit. The Big Sit is a slow-growing social meditation movement that began in Singapore with a vision to create more conscious and connected cities through the practice of mindfulness. So join us as we discover how we can change our cityscape one meditation session at a time. I'm Alice Landon, and this is Podparks. Podparks, the podcast for the park-minded, brought to you by World Urban Parks. Thank you. Thank you. Wow, what a presentation to uh, start the morning and a perfect setup for what I'm hopefully going to share with you today and uh, really explore the reimagination of our cities. But first, let me thank uh, the World Urban Parks. Uh, more than an organization, I think it's a movement, so thank you for having me here and providing a platform to share my ideas. Um, this is really a story about a slow-growing movement called the Big Sit. Um, about two years ago, we all found ourselves in a hopefully once-in-a-lifetime moment, the pandemic, um, that really led us to, I think, question everything. So really, I want to start sharing this story with you, um, how it began for me, was really asking if we were confronting the real issues. We spent a few months in a lockdown in a situation that none of us had ever confronted before, and it really forced me to rethink pretty much everything about life. I've spent the last 15 years working with cities, and one of the questions that has always bothered me is why are cities inducing more stress? Why are they causing us to be exhausted and tired um, and depleted, as opposed to this great idea of cities that enables humans to flourish? So this small idea called The Big Sit began with this question, and I'll share the backstory through a film uh, before I go into the rest of the presentation. So if we could play the first video. My name is Erin and I'm a mindfulness coach. 
I think um, a lot of people are already aware of the benefits of mindfulness and are actually keen on starting their mindfulness journey, but they may be holding back because they may not know how to start, or even if they have started, they may not know how to keep going with their practice. My name is Anupam Yog. Uh, the Big Sit is an idea to mark uh, Mindfulness Day, which is September 12th. And in an era where we're living in, a, uh, in the world of a pandemic, we are quite blessed and frankly very fortunate to be able to get together in a social space. Uh, I feel that physical health and mental health are starting to get a lot of attention, but social health actually gets neglected. And in a world of physical distancing, social distancing uh, becoming a norm, we almost felt it, it, it's ex extremely important to put emphasis on gathering physically, socially in one place, uh, and celebrating Mindfulness Day by practicing together. So we see mindfulness not as a treatment or a cure, but more of a preventive approach to mental health care. And um, mindfulness is a way of life and it is, uh, it's really a lifelong practice. So I hope through the Big Sit that more people would be inspired to pick up the practice of mindfulness and uh, to be able to see mindfulness as a basic human capacity that we all can have and that mindfulness can be practiced anytime, anywhere. And uh, I hope that the Big Sit will gather more people together in a community to practice together, making use of uh, urban spaces all around them to practice, whether independently or together as a group. We live in an extremely stressful environment. And I think urban stress, as I call it, is particularly harmful because we are constantly assaulted by all kinds of stressors, whether there's noise pollution, whether there's air pollution. So I do think that it's, it's become almost an unsustainable situation, which requires all of us as individuals to really think quite carefully about how we are uh, dealing with the stress that we are assaulted with. Uh, in fact, in mindfulness circles, we have a, we have a joke, don't just do something, sit there. It may feel weird if you see a person cross-legged or just sitting in a, on a bench with his or her eyes closed, but that is exactly what we hope to change. Uh, we find it quite normal if people in the streets are uh, doing all sorts of things, but what if we were just able to sit silently for a few minutes while the world is still going on about us? And I think that's quite a beautiful image and I hope that we can see more and more of that in our cities. Being able to sense, I think, the sights, the smells, the sounds, having people walking by, usually you'll be like, oh, I don't like that, it's not conducive. But you know what, actually, that's extremely conducive for meditation because it's about accepting it and it's about noticing it and it's actually part of the practice. I think this is a very conducive place to practice um, and having the group around me make sure that I will not slack off at home and make sure that I'm motivated to come to uh, make sure that I remain consistent in my practice, yes. I had never ever done anything like this before, although I've been practicing mindfulness for many, many years now, and I was pleasantly surprised. I think this is a fantastic initiative. It's a way, especially now, for people to come together and connect in a way that provides um, a safe kind of 
connection within the communities and a way for people to unplug and switch off. Especially right now when uh, a lot of people tend to be overworked, a bit stressed, a lot of personal, professional concerns. When we are still, we can actually tune into what's around us, tune into the people around us, and it gives us, it gave me at least a sense of peacefulness, clarity, um, and deeper connection to my environment. If we can go back to the presentation, thank you. So that's the backstory. That was two years ago. We started as a one-off, but it began into an organic movement. So the intention was to bring compassion, bring mindfulness to the central business district in Singapore. If any of you have visited Singapore, you know that it's a tiny island. It's 100% urbanized. And this is where all the office workers, all the bankers, all the technologists, all the stress is. And so we were fortunate to be able to get this venue, which is actually, this is the aerial view of the development, Guoco Tower, it's in the heart of the city. So we actually needed a few hundred million dollars to have been spent in creating that space that you saw was used. So I completely agree with Dror when he says that we need to reimagine cities because there just aren't enough places where we can simply rest, we can be social and feel safe. We can be social and not worry about what we're doing. Why should sitting still in a place be awkward? But it is today. Um, interestingly, Singapore, which is also uh, considered a city in a garden and a garden city and now a city in nature, has gone through its own evolution and relationship with nature. There are many parks in Singapore, and I will bring you towards the end of this presentation of where the big sit has gone. But if I can take you to uh, away from the big sit and really for a moment think about our world, our urban world, what are the forces that have been shaping it over the last few decades? And in my view, what are the forces that are shaping it today? Globalization, which has come under a lot of criticism recently, and perhaps uh, rightly so, is here. It's a massive force. It's been shaping the way we exchange goods, services, the way we interact with one another. This is a trend that's here to stay. Like it or not, this is a trend that will continue to shape our world, particularly our urban world. Urbanization, even though it seems obvious, it is actually uh, not as obvious that urbanization is not really a well-understood phenomena. At the moment, urbanization is happening to us. We are not really responding to it. It's simply happening. And I think that was again reflected in the earlier presentation that we're perhaps designing and developing reactive cities. We're simply reacting, not thinking or feeling deeply enough about what kind of cities we should design that shape us in a healthy way. The third and fourth and fifth trends, I feel, are trends that are actually happening now. They're very, very early, and we need to spend a lot more time thinking about how we actually engage with these trends. The third trend I call scientification, the science of building, designing cities. Uh, 
great idea to think about reflecting biology and nature in city design. It doesn't happen right now. Uh, so very, very important to think about this. We are talking about smart cities, more data. But why do we need more data? If we don't think about the purpose of collecting this data, this harnessing this data, we're simply mistaking activity for achievement. So I do think the scientification of cities is going to continue to happen. But we must bring in more people into this conversation, not just the scientists, not just the engineers, not just the architects, but people like you or I. I am not an architect or a designer. I work with architects and designers. But I do think myself as city expert. I think all of us are city experts. I think probably most of us have born in cities, grown up in cities. I think that qualifies us to be an expert. So I think that's one of the key trends that's going to shape the next few decades, uh, the logic and science of cities, but also the dollars and cents. We saw in the morning presentation um, the amount of money that's going to be invested in cities. But I think the financialization of cities is, is just about taking off. We need far more diversity in thinking about where to invest, how to invest, how to pay for projects over decades. Cities are not built in years. They are built in decades and centuries. So we really have to think about future generations if we truly want to build sustainable cities, where to invest the dollars and cents, and not simply to build mindlessly. The fifth trend, which is, I think, perhaps the most important trend, is the politicization of cities. Politics, the word actually means, literally, the Greek word, affairs of cities. And I do think, again, the politics of cities is currently happening to us. We need to realize that we are actually part of the politics of cities. We need all kinds of new arrangements to work with one another. At the moment, we have a lot of conflict. We have a lot of fight. We have a lot of argument. We really need to figure out ways to have conversation and dialogue amongst each other and new arrangements at every level, right from the neighborhood to the community, to the city, to the region, to the country. I think the country is no longer the only scale at which we can have politics of cities. We really need to be thinking at a scale of a neighborhood. The most important trend of all, which has perhaps been with us for centuries, but for some reason it's gotten lost, and we must put it right in the middle of everything, is the humanization of cities. Cities are here to serve humanity and not the other way around. And humanity is ultimately a part of nature. So this goes hand in hand. Life needs to be put at the heart of cities, not buildings, not technology, not money. Everything else has to be in the service of humanity. So I think these six forces are really going to be shaping our urban world for many decades to come. I want to pick on one particular theme that captures all of this, and that's culture. This is a quote from uh, a, a technologist, an urbanist, Singapore's chief urban planner at one time. It is also culture, not just nationalism, that binds people together and with equal force. I would go further to say, actually, culture is the real force that binds us as people and communities. As cities become melting pot of cultures, we really need to think beyond just nationalism. Urban transformation will occur when people want it. 
when they want to participate in change, change that we can see not too far from here. I was delighted to take a walk through this park on Sunday, and it was the perfect example of a catalyst of urban transformation. Since we like science and logic and math, I thought I'll put it into a formula. Urban transformation is a function of nature, culture, heritage, and art. And culture is really how it compounds. So if we have the right kind of culture, which means people are talking to each other, they have a shared vision, they have shared values, culture will enable livable, likable, lovable spaces. And I think urban parks and public spaces are those spatial representation of culture that we must think about more deeply. If a city has a shrinking public space, shrinking urban parks, there's a problem and it needs to be addressed. I was also pleased uh, at yesterday's reception, there was a, a key speaker who talked about Medellin. Uh, I've actually called this slight a tale of three cities. So I think there's an opportunity perhaps to think about culture beyond borders and maybe look at learning from one another. Medellin, where I was a few years ago, is a great example of urban transformation at a city scale. And I think there's a lot to learn from each other, from Medellin, from Monterey to Singapore. I think we should triangulate, not just twin cities. Um, I like this phrase, no looking back, which some friends of mine shared in Medellin. They said, you know, you must honor the past, but you must look to the future, and you need to manage the present. So I think this is very important because cities need to be dynamic. They need to be moving forward. A few minutes on Singapore, which some of you may know, Almost 90% of Singapore's population lives in public housing. That's actually a picture of a, something called a void deck in a public house. It's a community space, perhaps not named very well, but it's, it's a fascinating place. And this has been the result of a lot of cultural contestations in Singapore over the decades. Singapore had sideways called five-foot ways. You can see these pictures from just 30 years ago of how public space was utilized for all kinds of activities. This is what a five-foot way looks now. It's still been preserved. It's actually there as part of heritage. But culture has continued to evolve and move to new places. It's moved into museums. This used to be the city hall, which is now the National Gallery. So art and culture accessible to the many. But art and culture also for the many into these void decks that I shared. This is actually a public housing pictures and scenes of public housing in Singapore. So art and culture can exist in a museum or it can in exist in a community space in a public housing project. And I think we need to think about culture along all of those dimensions. Singapore's national brand is now called Passion Made Possible, which was uh, the inspiration for my theme today, Compassion Made Possible. And I want to talk about that next. Compassion is a word that we don't really understand perhaps very well. It's actually more than empathy. The design world has popularized the word empathy. Compassion is going further. Compassion is about getting involved. The literal meaning of the word compassion is actually to suffer together. So I must put myself in the shoes of my fellow human being and actually get involved and help and connect. And to me, city making or place making is really about getting involved and working together, understanding the suffering that we all go through together and hopefully creating something more livable and viable. 
Compassion is often considered perhaps the most important human strength. And academic studies have now started to show us that actually if our practice of empathy and compassion is done as a habit, we literally rewire our brains. So I do think that there is a science of compassion which we have tried to introduce to the through this new practice or methodology called mindfulness-based placemaking. You saw one example that we shared with you of the big sit. I actually define it as a process that actually fosters social connection and that contributes to a place's development in terms of equity, in terms of safety, and overall potential of urban life. Urban life shouldn't just be about working nine to five or just thinking about it in simple terms. Urban life is rich and we have a lot to explore. The human potential needs to be explored by better built environment. Uh, so we think of this as an intentional, activation-based, tactical approach to deepen the connections between us and the places we inhabit. If we are superficially engaged with a place and not truly fostering social connection, then I don't think that a place is succeeding in what it promises to be. So I will take you to back to the big sit now of where it is. We actually managed to bring it to its original venue where we had wanted to start, which is a place called Gardens by the Bay, one of the leading urban parks in Singapore. So if you can play the second video now, please. This is just from two months ago. The Big Sit is a community initiative which started on Mindfulness Day that was on 12 September 2020. The first sit took place at Guapo Tower in Tanjung Paga and that was in the CBD of Singapore. It was a gathering of people together in a shared urban space to practice mindfulness together to foster uh, good mental health. The Big Sit was founded in Singapore post the first lockdown in 2020 uh, while the pandemic was still very much with us and it was really a response to the situation we were confronted with at the time. We have seen the community of the Big Sit grow quite organically. We are exploring and embracing a new way of being together a different way of socializing. We call this social meditation. Just gathering in a shared space and learning to dwell in stillness and silence. The city is where we choose to live today. Most of humanity already lives in cities and over the next few decades, uh, arguably most of humanity will actually start to live in cities. So it's very important that cities become places which foster our health holistically. In this time and age where the modern life is stressful and busy, the busier we are, the less time we have, the more we should take time out to take a pause and to rest in stillness. And I think this is what uh, Big Sit is really about. I think I most enjoy being in a, this natural environment. I enjoyed being able to feel really all the, the plants around me. I enjoyed the open air. And I enjoy the fact that it's in Gardens by the Bay. At any time, if your attention wanders away into somewhere else, without any judgment or criticism, simply invite your attention back to the body. 
usually when we do any kind of physical activity or any wellness activity, it's mostly driven towards our outside environment. Here, the best part was the mindfulness quotient of it. I think that's the first time for me when I became aware of how each and every uh, you know, the element of my body is interacting with the external environment. I really enjoyed bringing the plants into our meditation. It was a very different experience. I liked that it was inviting us to focus on an object and give it our full attention. What I really admire about the initiative of the Big Sit is that it's showing people that you can meditate anywhere. You don't need to be in a quiet, dark room. Every day, put aside some time to just take a pause. You just pause to breathe, to be present, slow down so that you can run faster afterwards. I think it's really important for us to recognize that we are all a part of the same ecosystem and we are all interconnected and we impact one another. So we'd like to just invite all of us to just imagine how the world might be different when all of us practice a little mindfulness. I'm very grateful for the way the Bixit has grown. It has been an organic community-led initiative. Uh, we were very clear as initiators that this initiative is simply uh, flowing through us, if you will. Uh, I'm, I'm enormously grateful, more than anything else, about where the Big City is today. And I hope that it will find its way into other cities, other communities, more urban parks around the world. We hope to improve our social health and well-being by bringing the Big Sit to more people and to more places one sit at a time. So what started as a, what started as a one-off idea has today grown after two years into uh, three cities. We've had sits in London, we've had sits in Singapore and elsewhere. And it really is quite amazing how many people just value the importance of a pause. So let me end with this closing thought. Um, now and then it's good to pause in our pursuit of happiness and just be happy. So I wish you uh, a day, a couple of days of exciting discussions, but do take time to pause and just be happy. Thank you very much. This is the end of today's episode, but definitely not the end of the conversation. If you enjoyed this keynote speech and you would like to check it out again, remember that it's available to you in your World Urban Parks membership. So visit worldurbanparks.org and find the complete video in our member library. And if you cannot wait to hear more live conversations from park professionals from around the world, well, I mean, first off, subscribe to our podcast so you never, never miss an episode. And I'd like to throw in another suggestion to maybe consider attending this year's World Urban Parks Congress, which is taking place in Adelaide, Australia from October 22nd to October 25th, 2023. The Congress theme, Sustainable Places, Spaces and Habitats, will explore how we create Cities that are precisely, that are conscious, that are greener, that are inclusive, that are habitable. 
So, you know, I don't know. Think about it. (laughs) And before we leave, I would love to ask, how do you work towards creating a more mindful city? Podparks is written and hosted by Alice Landon, produced by Vittoria Martin and Luis Romano. Sound engineering by Vladimir Yandis. Don't forget to visit worldurbanparks.org and explore the resources our community has for you. Get out, explore, connect. Hey everyone, Alice here. I wanted to pop in before this week's episode of Podparks with some exciting news. We are just two months away from this year's Global World Urban Parks Congress, which will take place this October 22nd to October 25th in Adelaide, Australia. The Congress theme, Sustainable Places, Spaces, People and Habitats, will explore how we can make cities more active, cooler, greener, wilder and inclusive. Don't miss this exciting opportunity to be a part of a global conversation about creating sustainable communities. Visit worldurbanparkscongress.com slash 2023 to find out more and register today. That's worldurbanparkscongress.com slash 2023. See you there.